The world's most popular QPR podcast, that's us, will be holding its traditional end-of-season party in front of a live audience on May the 5th at the good ship Kilburn. The first two names confirmed are fans' favourite Lee Cook and QPR CEO Lee Hoos, meaning we can amuse ourselves by calling the evening Cook Who's Talking. Please join us. Tickets are a tenner and can be purchased via qprpod.co.uk. QPR! QPR! Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. It is our third final podcast of the season and I'm David Fraser and I'm here with two other QPR fans this evening. Um, Pod regular founder, long-term podder... Paul Finney. All right. Hello, Paul. Um, and first time podder, um, Ross Norville. Afternoon. Hi, Ross. O- afternoon, evening, whatever, morning, whenever and wherever you're listening to it. Um, right. Plenty to talk about this week. Before I, uh, before we go on to that, let me do the usual, which is sort of run through everywhere and anywhere you can hear us. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for the QPR Podcast, um, and you can listen to all our old episodes at QPRPod.co.uk. Before I go any further, um, we are recording this on Monday, the twenty fifth of April. On Thursday, the 5th of May, which is Thursday a week, we have our live podcast. It is down at the ship in Kilburn. Good ship. The good ship, I beg your pardon, in Kilburn. Don't go to the ship in Kilburn because A, it doesn't exist and B, we won't be there. Go to the good ship in Kilburn. Next Thursday night, it's a really fun evening, isn't it, Paul? That's grand. Because people come down, we have really good guests, we have a drink, we meet everybody, we have a good chat, people tell us what we could do better on the podcast, we promise to remember it, we try our best to remember it, (laughs) and um, we just have a good chat and a really good experience with a live guest, right? And it's good to be amongst family and friends. So we indeed, are a family. Indeed. So please come down. Come down, um, support us. Um, it's £10 entry. All the money goes towards our running costs for next season. Um, so it's great to have a good turnout. Um, last year with Neil Warnock was brilliant. This year we have the two Lees, um, which is Lee Hoos, uh, the chief executive of the club, and Lee Cook, former player. And we will have others joining us that we will announce between now and next Thursday. Get your tickets at our website, via our website. Click on the link on the homepage, which is qprpod.co.uk. Have I plugged enough stuff before we start talking? People could also ask us about it on Twitter, and we can respond on Twitter in kind, can't we, do Exactly. It? And what's the Twitter address? I've said that. You, it was the bit where you weren't listening and trying out new headphones. Oh, okay. At qprpod. Uh, right. Oops. So since the last podcast, I didn't do the last podcast. You did it. It was very good, Paul. Apart from the I, sound. I, I enjoyed it immensely, apart from a bit of the sound at the beginning, but no one's Sorry, perfect. Sorry, listeners. Um, we, that is my accent. So we won the league since last week, <laughs> didn't we? Well, see, this is, this is the thing, you see. We, we won the league. I, 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 Champions League. The, uh, well, the Agents Fees League, of course. I was thinking, what, what can we do with the podcast these days? Because... If the games are dead rubbers, yeah, and there's nothing to talk about, shall we talk about all games that we could talk about? The fact that many years ago, this day, Jimmy Pollock scored one of the best on goals ever, and thought it was one of the most important <laughs> person on earth afterwards by many of QPR fan. Because 
On Twitter, we seem to upset anyone, or I do, if I actually mention QPR, and that wasn't so good. And then you get everyone going, oh, you, you want the manager sacked. Can I just say now, I did not want the manager sacked. We need stability. We need to keep Jimmy Floyd Hassel Bank, and we need to build with him. Okay, so let's take it completely off piece now. I'm going to pick up on what you said. Just because we're at the end of the season, dead rubber, blah, 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 blah. We will talk about the Reading game. We also have Andy Sinton coming up okay. on the phone. We'll talk about Sorry. a couple of other things. But I like that idea. Tell me, both of you, your favourite ever QPR game, but don't make it an obvious one. So you can't say playoff final, you can't say... Um, oh, well, not, none Oldham. of us were sort of there in 1967, Oldham. I'm assuming. You can't say any of those sort of Chelsea half a dozen nil. obvious games. Yeah, All right, okay. No Chelsea 6-0, no Oldham semi-final, no playoff final. Your favourite game that isn't an obvious one. QPR versus Manchester United FA Cup two all draw. Yeah, oh, I know you're asking. I remember Adam McDonald. Yes, header last extra time. Yes. So Roy hang King on, was that was the replay? Yeah. So that was the replay. That was at Loftus, at Loftus Road, Road under the lights. Yes. I loved it because I was sitting in the Ellerslie Road stand as a 14 year old, I think. Mm. And in front of me were a load of Manchester United fans. On typical. Oh yeah, and it was just. Amazing when McDonald equalised, and you just turn around and gave them dogs abuse. It was brilliant. Yeah. So that was probably what ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, Schmeichel. I remember it. Schmeichel was in goal. Macca was, was near post flick on a Macca at the far post header. Was that was that the same when we played them then the Monday at Old Trafford, and Macca took out Hughes? I think it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at that one, and everyone's like, oh. Here we go again, Hughes in the floor. And they were the days, of course, that then led to a replay, a second replay, replay yeah. a replay of a we replay. Went, we went for a phase of... Blackpool as well. For yeah, years. Blackpool was about three replays, I think. Yeah. I was at, Blackpool was brilliant away from home. The first game, I went up with uh, Ross Green, my mate, and we had an absolutely blend when we end up there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Colin Clock scored twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Anyway, think about it. Okay, my favourite... Non-obvious QPR game. Non-obvious QPR game. I will have to come back to you because they're all because we don't. Really well, let me follow on from Ross because mine is also uh, let's call it a random Man United game or a non-obvious because um, it's not the four-one or or it's um, actually fun, funnily enough probably my second favourite ever QPR game that's not one of those pivotal matches probably the Liverpool win in the Premier League the three-two where we came back three or four years ago, whatever it was. But my favourite game was Man United as well, at home. I'd be impressed if you remember this one, but it meant a lot to me. It was something like 1990. It was a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Andy Gray scored two absolute screamers. They both looked exactly the same. You almost thought, if you saw them on a highlights tape, and I did have them on a highlights tape because they were on uh, goals goals review of the year, whatever it was, 1990-91. We won 2-1, two, two absolute screamers. I was 10, and I also had loads of Man United fans in my school and knew loads of Man United fans. And that game, being able to turn around to those Man United fans and give whatever the 10-year-old equivalent is of dog's abuse was absolutely brilliant. I, I thought loved it was 3-2. That game. But I drink Maybe. I thought that was 3-2, but I could be very wrong. That I could be. I thought that was 3-2. It could be. It could have been 3-2. I'm trying to correct you. No, I, I remember the two Andy Gray yeah, goals absolutely. and the victory. I'm pretty sure because, yeah, I'm pretty... Anyway, I'm probably... Anyway. Oh, that's, Go on, so That's a good one. I would say the time we... And this is... look it up now yeah, whilst yeah. you're talking. Okay, you do that. When we beat Spurs and they did that Michael Nyman documentary on TV 
and we mullered Spurs about 4-1 or something. Gary Penrose got a hat-trick, I'm pretty sure. I remember that game. We and were losing 1-0 at half-time, yeah. or 1-0 at half-time. And Holloway, diving header. And Gary, the thing is, that was total football. Yeah. That we absolutely, from every single player on that pitch that day was magnificent, and we absolutely battered Spurs. And I, goes, I, I, I think then it was kind of... Because Spurs were quite decent side then, and it was one of them things we have arrived... And we probably went off to lose to someone really stupid the week after that. Like we normally did. But it's like we beat Man U 4-1. We got beat by Southampton in the FA Cup. You know, that's QPR <laughs> for you. You know, but there's also little things like going to Berry in the League Cup match and stuff like that there, which is quite nice. You know, things you remember, the Yeovil in the FA Cup when we were supposed to lose and there were giant killers and all the TV cameras turned up. We, we, we trounced them. I was like, oh, OK, then. That was it. And then all the British City fans came down to beat us up. <laughs> that's Good true, news. that is. Yeah. No. I'm trying to think is see a good away game where there's what about a good away game when there's only a certain amount of people there that everyone says they were there that'll probably be Old Trafford four <laughs> one I reckon about thirty thousand people reckon they're actually at that game and about five or six hundred actually were am I right or wrong which game sorry oh. no I'm trying to look for this Andy Gray goal and score Old I think you might be right thinking the game about at Old Trafford it. which one the four one Paul was on about the games that everybody says they were at or remember yeah. But that was ruined because it was on TV. Yes, yes. I watched it at home on TV. I still have the VHS. And another interesting thing about... Not that you, I have a VHS player. <laughs> I still have the VHS. See, being, being regional in my old age and that, though, in Northern Ireland, we used to get different variations of um, the big match and stuff. Yeah. So you used to get different regions. So one week you get Anglia or whatever. You never knew what we were going to get. So it was quite exciting seeing QPR on TV now and again as well when you were a kid. Because I suppose the first time I seen this live was the FA Cup final. How sad is that? But you I know. think mine was the Milk Cup final. 86. Mm. Well, people, please stop talking about that freaking game. It never happened. No. I don't know why people keep referring... It ended at Anfield, <laughs> and that was it. There's nothing else happened after that. It's the worst ever cup ever. Didn't even bother playing the final. No one turned up. But the thing is... And we're at Oxford now. It doesn't matter. On the M40. It made people cry, and that's just wrong. I love the, yeah, actually, I don't even want to talk about that game. But anyway, so... Yeah, the, the I would say the Spurs game, because it was on Channel 4 as well. Because you used to get excited in them days of we Channel were on, 4? Yeah, they did a documentary of the, oh, of the game. Saw, oh, yeah. um, oh, right, Michael okay. Nyman did music to, to that game and about being a QPR fan. Yeah. And we never got that much publicity. So to see us on TV and things like that there, I thought was good. Um, okay, right. I, I'm, the more I think about it now, the more I think it was 3-2, that Andy Gray goal. But I'll look it up anyway. Everybody else who's listening, tell us your favourite um, non crucial QPR game which can so, go back to any decade anytime anywhere just not the obvious ones because we all know that really our favourite is probably that championship final or if you go back a bit further 1967 right well Steve Russell always talks about um, a game that Rodney Morris returned back and thousands of QPR fans went down the villa to watch him play in a reserve game or something I could be wrong well playoff final was the game that I told my wife was the best day of my life ever and I'd been mm-hmm. married for less than a year Ah, not a good one. <laughs> good especially, luck with that. especially when she's a Fulham fan. Ah. Is she? Yeah. yeah. Awkward. Just right. Let's quickly. Um, Sorry, let's, a lot if, of we mu- if we must, let's talk about Saturday. Won't take long. <laughs> um, what would anybody like to say? Let's not even really analyse the game. I mean, almost this podcast is a reflection of where QPR are. I mean. It's got to be done. We've got to talk about the game. 
but let's get to the end of the season as quickly as possible. I, I, I would say it obviously had the feel of this game doesn't mean very much to anybody about it, but at the same time, I can't, you know, I think the players turned up, you know, to use football parlance. I can't, don't think you can say they thought they were on the beach or whatever, but we just sort of are where we are, aren't we? We're just experimenting the... and meandering and that that's it really, isn't it? After the game, I was having a wee. And a fella, Thanks for that. You're welcome. And a fella in the bog, um, I was like sarcastically saying, Brazilian style football. He goes, yes, they're already on the beach. And I thought that was a, that, that summed yeah. it up for me. But <laughs> whoever you were, thank you. I think it's called Kev. I'm not sure. Ingr- is it Ingram? The new yeah. Yeah. He did impress. He did impress me. Next year, it will be interesting to see who gets the number one shirt. It'll be very interesting. Lumley's not bad either, you know. No, because Ingram kicked equally well with both feet, something we're not used to at QPR. Mm-hmm. And the save he pulled off from the free kick, very good which save. I thought was possibly what Smithy should have done with the first goal at Brighton last week. Mm. I thought he was not; he could have done a little bit more. To be, to be fair, I, I, I think any goalkeeper with that defence earns a crust. Yeah, sometimes. It's not the you, best you, I mean, you can't compare them at the moment. You can't compare the two goalies because we no. haven't seen Ingram over a sustained no. period of time. But if he's as good as we probably think he is, it I don't even know if it leads to an interesting situation. It probably leads to a, a headache and not a good one because I heard on the pod last week um, Kevin McSweeney said it, and I remember us talking about it a few months ago. It never appears to work when you have two very, very good goalies. No. There has to be a chain of command, uh, whatever you want to call it, a hierarchy amongst your goalies. Otherwise, you end up with one very, very unhappy goalie well, and you have to do something with them. Go back to this Julio Cesar and yeah. Rob Green. That was ridiculous. That was really well, ridiculous. Well, look on, on the team that we don't like to talk about. When you have, you know, last year they have the two best goalies in the Premier League playing for them. And Peter Cech ended up having to go. It doesn't tend to work, does it? No. It's, it makes it interesting from a supporter's point of view, but if you're hassle bank, you don't really want to have that sort of headache because you've got to try and keep two goalkeepers who look to be championship class mm. happy and that never ends well no the thing is though it's 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 interesting that we've got such a caliber whenever when rob green's gone in the daily meal and put his face against the window trying to get a game because of the stupidity of or whoever did the contracts so three great keepers in some ways and normally four and um very little up front and maybe this is this is interesting because I was having this debate on Twitter yesterday because everything I say on Twitter these days, someone just jumps in my throat. I could say QPR were the best hoops ever, except they're not really hoops, but let's not go on there. And people say, nope, that's wrong. But do you build a good championship side with a strong defence or a strong forward line? Because the way I've seen it, Burnley and Borough and everyone else have spent massive on strikers. But they've all got settled defences. Ah, that's interesting. Settled defences. You look at Borough and Burnley apart from Burnley at the start of the season when they were scoring goals for fun, they're nicking one nils. It's when it's, it's having a strong, settled team at this mm. stage of the season or from Easter onwards where you need to have a settled defence. And saying that, Burnley, I watched Burnley against Preston on Friday. Barden just ran the show. I've never seen him play for QPR like that with so much oh. passion yeah. and pride. And to get... I mean, there's a very good hashtag to gather this that is used a lot. But you look at that... Burnley side and everything else, and you can say, "Oh Christ, you know they've got it more than we have." Perhaps I don't know. Is it togetherness? Is it you know each other They're so just well? Stable, aren't they? 
Yeah. They're a stable yeah. club. They appear to be run well, run by... They were run by our current CEO, which perhaps bodes well. You can't really blame him for this, though. But yeah, go on, sorry. You mean credit credit him with it. No, you can't, but you can say by no. association, maybe... I remember got... Q, what's Q, I'm going to keep you Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, no, I no. see what you mean, yeah. Stable with the manager, don't have any kind of big stars, for want of a better word, in their team. But And that is, that, that's how you progress now with a football club. There's a team at the top of the Premier League that are in that sort of ilk. Well-organised, good players, honest pros, all the rest of it. That thing, appears to be, uh, after all this time, everybody's kind of finally worked it out that you don't chuck money at a football problem. The thing is, no. you, look, you also look at um, Bournemouth and you think, everyone says you can't survive the Premier League with a, uh, that kind of budget, that kind of squad, that kind of ground. Well, you can if you run properly. Mm. And you, you, I think, and unfortunately, it's a lesson that we have probably learned a wee bit too late that, if you throw so much money at it, you can also be in danger of overcooking it, ruining it. And next season, it'll be uh, it, Hasselbank's lower league experience will be fatal because we've got to recruit from the right areas, yeah. bring in Ooh. hungry players. And I think that's why, again, I said, I've never called for him to be sacked. I just thought Saturday was rubbish. Not yeah. a reflection on him, but it was just rubbish. It seems to be the plan. We didn't really have a game, but whatever. But his knowledge will be... But then come October, and the championship next season is going to be an absolute nightmare. It really is. There's some... Whatever you think of Villa and everything else, they've still got some good players in there. Oh, no. Villa Villa will go down again. Villa I'm not worried about. I, I'm but the other two, seen... whoever the, the other two are, will be forces if, if, to be if, reckoned with. Well, everyone's, funny you said, but everyone thought the same in Newcastle for years ago. They went down with the most toxic squad ever and thought there's no way they're coming through. But the begin. difference is, sorry, Ross, <laughs> the difference is Villa's fate has been coming for about five or six years. Agreed. Yeah. They've been dreadful but year if they on get, year But if they get the right year. management and, and the, the chairman sells and they get someone who actually knows what the frig they're doing, we could be in well, trouble. Well, yes. Yeah. If they sell, um, they change ownership, it's a different story. Sorry, Russ. Right, it's like Newcastle when they came down before. Newcastle had a fractured dressing room, but they had a dressing room for the characters, mm. which, you know, they had strong characters in there, Colaccini, you know, at, Way better than championship level at the time. Villa have got Judith Lescott, he's brilliant. Villa, yeah. have, Villa have got some <laughs> nice cars in the Exactly. Room. But the um, thing, but, okay, so how, how, what is the plan to get out of the championship? What is the most stable plan? What is it, the progressive way of, of moving you? Or do we want to go out of the premiership? Sorry, go into the premiership again on ready? Is, or is the premiership the big everything that everyone aims for that isn't actually all that when you get there and you get tanked every week? Is, but what it do we doesn't need to be that way. Look at Bournemouth, look at Leicester, look at. Other, t- you know, even Norwich. Okay, Norwich may go down this year, but well, they survive. Actually, I'd rather, I'd rather Norwich are going to be dodging this league next season. I don't really want them to go down because because no, they, they, they know, they've got, got a home. team full of championship mm. players. So um, what? So what's the plan then for QPR's plan? Do you reckon? It, is it not what sort of you know you were always told football was, which is a strong spine, and you build your team around that? Yeah. Is it more complicated than that? Well, why does no one play four four two anymore? I keep banging on about this because I, I don't know if you, if you don't score. Is goals, this because of your new well, son? You what? Your new son, uh, Connor Washington. Oh God! Thank God for that. I thought you were from the CSA. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a scary moment. <laughs> Jesus, what was I doing in the nineties? You want him to play, but more about that in a minute, Ross. No, but it's. Football has gone away from having football players as fullbacks. They're athletes. You look at Carl Walker. Carl Walker mm, um, was the one at Liverpool. Nathaniel Klein. Mm. They're not football players. You, you go back to what we've had in the past when we had Kenny Sansom on one side, 
you then got David Bardsley, you know, players who had brains. Mm. He could pass a ball 30 yards into a forward to flick it on to a little quick nippy forward. Well, they were defenders and they were specialists, yes, and this is what you said. But now it's all Clive athletes. Was a grip pass, the yeah. ball, actually. And we have James Perch, who yeah. I'm going to rename Botox. I'm going to call him <laughs> Botox because he is completely expressionless. Have you ever seen him express an emotion? Happy, sad, passionate, not passionate. He is almost like a piece of cardboard running along that pitch, James Perch. I'm not commenting on his ability one way or the other, but he doesn't have an expression. He's like just arms by his side, continuing, yeah. just running up and down, and that's it, but like a robot. There are too many of our players like that. Do it, do it saddens me. There is an ex-QPR player who's going to win the league. Yeah. There's an ex-QPR player going to be in the FA Cup final. And there's an ex-QPR player that's going to go up from the Championship to the Premiership. Why couldn't these play? Although, to be fair to Dan Simpson, he actually did play really well for QPR. He, you know. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, why? What does Perch bring? Is he a centre? Some people say he's centre midfield. Some people say he's a fullback. Some people say he's centre half. What, what? Because before he came to QPR, he wasn't so bad. So no. are we ruining players? Yeah. Start of the <laughs> season, we did. You look at, we've had two James Perches. Mm. Pre-Christmas, he was a donkey. Since Christmas, since he's been playing left-back, where he's had a winger who supports him playing in front of him, he's been a different class. You know, it's, it's complete chalk and cheese of players. When he had a certain player who wants to be off and has made it clear he wants to be off in front of him, who is half-arsed and doesn't want to do anything, every, any game at all, I've seen him all season, mm. he was exposed. Look at poor, the players, this well, a newer. You know, anyone he plays behind Matt Phillips... He's left exposed. You're against two players. Whereas James Perch plays on the left, at left back with Junior Hoylet in front of him. Junior Hoylet woke up at Christmas because he realised he's got to play for a contract somewhere and became the Junior Hoylet that we bought from Blackburn. Mm. And he, all of a sudden, Perch has got a bit more time. He knows that he's going to be covered. He knows that he's only up against one player. He's full of confidence. And Hoylet and Phillips will go on to better things. Which always happens with us. Why yeah. can't they just do it for us is all I ask. Yeah. Give, uh, I've always had a theory that when you play for the shirt, leave nothing on the pitch, no matter whatever, because you, 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 you're getting a good living. The least you could do for 90 minutes is, is give your all. That's all I ask. We won't be the last time that we talk about all this, but right now we're going to go and do our interview. And on the end of the frame with a bit of luck is Andy Sinton. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Two games to go. Um, and, yep. and two games till the end of your first full season back at the club. Um, yep. We're talking, we're being honest, we're talking here about how the sort of season is meandering to an end for obvious reasons. What's your take on it? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, you know, it's been fantastic to be back at the club. I feel very honoured, very privileged um, to, be, to be back at the club. That was really good for me. Uh, it will be 20 odd years ago. Um, season, you know, it's flown by as they all do. Doesn't seem two minutes since we played at Charlton in the sunshine and got beat on the first day of the season. But, uh, but yeah, as I say, uh, Nelly, Nelly at the end of the season and uh, in some good things, some frustrating things. But as I say, uh, I think there's reasons for that, which I'm sure you're discussing. But uh, as I say, from a personal point of view, it's been uh, it's been great. And. What what would you say is the sort of end of term report for want of a 
uh, a kind of better phrase, uh, in terms of Les's um, impact, what he wanted to achieve in his first full yep. year back at the club. Where where would you say the club is on track in comparison to that? Well, look, when I when I sort of before I came into the club, looking from afar, then when I got asked to come back to the club um, about this time last year and sat down and had a look at things. It was obviously this season, uh, once we got relegated from the Premier League, um, you know, when when you when you dig a little bit deeper and see what we had and what we were paying for the for the club to be sort of finished bottom of that league was uh, was was not great. So this season was always going to be because there was always going to be changes made, and quite rightly so, um, in personnel in a, a direction that was going to be taken. Um, it's all about a rebuilding process, stabilisation. Now all those words that we used at the start of the season, quite rightly so, regrouping putting some building blocks in for the longer term because over the last few years, um, being in mind, I was nice to get back to half a dozen, eight games, ten games a season. But from afar, it just seemed to be a yo-yo club and being a player, a lot of players seem to turn up there for, for what seemed to be the wrong reasons. Um, that might be the case or not. I'm just saying from my opinion, that seemed to be the case. Um, and that had to change. Uh, the majority of our fans, I think, recognised that and wanted us to I wanted the club to go back to a little bit, a step back in history, if you like, to what we used to be, where we brought younger players through. And, you know, if they did great, the club did great with them, but the, the, the player went on to so-called bigger and better things. But as I say, that process in place or put in place or those processes that were put in place was obviously going to be um, always going to take a little bit of time. And as you know, as well as I do, in, time, in football, time is not really afforded, but... Um, I say uh, mid uh, on end of season report. Where are we? I've, from a personal point of view, I think we're pretty much where I thought we would be. Um, you know, mid table. I would have loved us to be pushing closer to the playoffs. And there was a, a, a period of the season where um, I and many other people thought we might. But I think we're, we're we're where we are at this moment. But I think there's progress being made, and uh, there's a lot of optimism. As I say, you can never please anyone, but there's optimism moving moving forward. And look, I, I think hearing you say you're where we thought we were going to be is echoed by most QPR fans, I would have thought. Of course, there's been times yep. in the season where we've thought yep. we might do better or we've worried that we might do worse. But I, I, I hope <laughs> I'm sort of speaking um, not out of turn when I say most fans at the start of the season yeah, were sort of okay with yeah. where we've ended up. However, yep. however, b- b- whether that's the case or not, I would say probably looking to next season... There's an expectation, yep. isn't there, that we're really going to be challenging. Yeah. Um, is that well, expectation? Is that your expectation? And do you think we're set up for that? Well, my, well, my expectation, you know, there's been some good stuff this season. There's been some frustrating stuff, and there's been some pretty poor performances. No, I think if you try and defend performances, um, you know, like both the Fulham games or whatever, you, you, you're going to come across really, really stupid. There's been some really down, but there's been a, a lot of ups. Um, I think there's, there's progress. There's been a managerial change. I think we, we've got someone in place now who um, is going to take the club forward. Uh, how quickly? You know, you'll have all sorts of different opinions on that. But I've seen Jimmy work at close quarters. He's structured. He's organised. He, he'll have his team one of it, or if not, the fittest team in the league next year. And there's no coincidence that. Uh, two teams at the top of the Premier League are probably the fittest teams in the Premier League. Uh, the team who are top of the Skybet Championship, I'm talking about Burnley, are muted and the stats back up are the fittest team in the, in the league. 
luck and win your points. And Jimmy will do that. Um, as I say, um, need a little bit more quality. What are my hopes? What are my, uh, if I'm speaking as a fan as well as someone connected to the club, yes, I want us to do better. I would really like to see us pushing closer to the to the, to the playoffs, but uh, I don't want to put a damn squid on things. I think this summer we'll see um, quite a bit of uh, change of personnel and turnover of players, so we may be still in that initial stages of rebuilding. Uh, but I would like to see us... Um, Pushing towards that, the top six place, and, and look, every 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 manager, every fan will look at their results, you know. But um, we've got more draws than anyone in the league. You turn a few of those into wins, and you're looking at a completely different picture. And every team will say the same. We've left a lot of points out there in the last few minutes of games. Um, you know, going back to the start of the season, we'll win a, win a minute to go against Cardiff. Huddersfield were one nil up and they pegged us back. Blackburn away, they scored with two minutes to go. Hull pinched the points in the last minute. Ipswich away, Middlesbrough away. You know we've 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 we lost early on in the season. Quite a lot of points late on in games. But um, I think if you if you look at what some of the players are saying or read notes, or I get the privilege of actually speaking to some, they they recognise that progress has been made. The hearts are beat. Uh, you've just got to turn those games, those seventeen eighteen games into more wins. Those three points make a hell of a difference. So we probably need a little bit or a lot more, whichever way you want to look at it, quality to open up defences, um, goal scorers, uh, sisters, etc., etc. Just to tip the balance from those tight games in your favour, which all the good teams and the successful teams can do. Um, and there's Paul here. Um, Hello, Paul. Hiya, fella. What, what's the difference between the QPR you knew when you played for us um, so gracefully? Um, to the QPR that you're exper- experiencing now. Do you like the way I did that, by the way? I thought that was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you, Paul. You're more uh, than welcome. The difference? Um, That's true I think as well. It's a difference, I think it's a difference in football, not just the QPR. Um, you know, when we played, 20, we had a hell of a side, by the way. There was a togetherness, there was a hunger, there was no big-time Charlies, although we had some really good players. You know, uh, there was leaders, uh, we would come in at half time, and many times Jerry Francis, who was the manager then, didn't have to say anything for five or six minutes because we would sort it out ourselves. Um, so there's a difference. So, you know, leadership, people taking responsibility, ownership, but I don't think that's just QPR. I think that's football in general now. Uh, still a fantastic club. You know, there's a hell of a lot of good work going on behind the scenes that goes unnoticed and not mentioned. Um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, sometimes you're judged on what happens on a Saturday, uh, which can cloud a lot of things that's going on. But um, I wouldn't say there's a there's a, a massive difference, you know. From a from a club point of view, we've, we've, we've still got great fans. Uh, they travel away in their numbers. Um, they, as I say, wouldn't be stupid enough. They've, they've seen some poor performances this year. They've seen some very good ones. They've they've had expectations risen and dampened. We've all gone through those emotions and. Uh, that's what being a fan's all about, isn't it? <laughs> would, would, you, would, would you say that for next season, our budget, I'm not putting you in the spot here, but I am, kind of, but nicely, you can yep. refuse to answer, also massively depends on whether we can manage to get Fer a, a deal somewhere else, Sandro a deal somewhere else, and, and Colker as well, because to me, that's a, that, 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 that is kind of something, that's a legacy, isn't it, kind of thing, of, of the premiership? Well, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you're quite right, then, yeah, and this season, you don't have to be a rocket science to work out, you know, um, a lot of the higher owners were uh, moved on to, you know, loan deals, etc., etc., um, that that has to, that has to happen, so, um, 
So yeah, our budget, uh, you know, I'm not privy to what we'll get, but I think a lot of what we'll determine on ins and outs, or certainly outs during the summer, what, what that frees up, getting the right type of player at the right age. Listen, there's a gamble with every player, whether you get them on a free transfer, you pay five million quid, there's a gamble with any player at any league in any around the world. Um, but as I say, we've just got to, I know there's a lot of good stuff going on in the recruitment process. Uh, Different structures in place where the more scrutiny's gone towards the the character of the player as well as his ability because they both have to marry up. Um, and as I say, QPR in many senses got to get back to their roots where we're uh, we're not a glamour and a glitzy club. Um, people might not like me saying that, but we're not. We're a, what we used to be a hard working community, family orientated club that produced players and produced really, really good teams out there. The fans used to enjoy watching individuals and uh, and teams. Hi Andy, it's Ross. Um, Hi, as the club ambassador, I was wondering if yep. you were able at Liberty to expand if there was going to be any more incentives and uh, to make the club feel, uh, the, well the fan base for the club, to feel more part of the club and also to make the family experience at match days for next season? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm, as I say, I'm not privy to incentives, but I know that the club are uh, working tireless behind the scenes to to, to uh, get back to what it, I think Paul asked me a question there. What was the difference? QPR uh, was a real family club and a family orientated club. And I think there's things in in, uh, in the pipeline. I think Lee Hughes, who I think has done a great job for the club, he, he meets fans groups regularly and listens. He doesn't just pay lip service. You know, he generally listens to what they're saying. And if he can, he will. I think he's gone on record. If he can't, he can't. Uh, he won't just leave it. Um, uh, there's things going on on match day which try and encourage the fans in the fan zone areas and stuff like that. And there's generally a, a feeling of there needs to be more of an outreach back towards the fans because fans are your football club. Without without the fans, you're nothing. Whether that's QPR, Man United or whoever, you know, the fans are your football club. And I think over recent years, I think QPR, I'm not, don't know where the blame lies if that's the right thing but it's gone away a little bit from that or a long way from that and we're trying to get that back and I think big progress has been made on that a lot of stuff going on in the community and the Emmons and his team do do amazing stuff um, you know so we're, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on around that to try and bring the, the, the club back together does that make sense? Yeah uh, Andy just before you go I mean great interview you've given us you've confirmed that we're 100% going to win the league next year which is great thank you very much for that yeah, no pressure. Uh, and also that we're going to win community club of the year so that's also really appreciated and we're going to win a third round FA Cup match yeah <laughs> and I'm being ridiculous I, I, sorry. I did want to ask you a question it's putting you on the spot on. a bit it's putting your memory on the yep. spot so we have been talking right. today about our favorite QPR game that is not one of the major games. So not a, not the playoff final, not one of the Wembley finals, not a kind of crucial yeah. game, but what's our favourite non-obvious QPR game? And we, we um, I think uh, you definitely played in one of our three, if not all three. You, I think you played in my one, which was against Man United, 3-2 in 1989 when Andy Gray scored the two goals. Yep. Um, yep. Which I've got is, the other one. By the way, that you was... You get the other one, was it you? <laughs> told you it was three two, yes. David. Told you. Um, which is your which is your favourite non obvious or non crucial QPR game? 
well, that's the sight because it happens once in your career, you know. I don't know if you class it as an obvious or whatever, but when we went to Man United and Dennis Bailey scored three on New Year's Day, we won 4-1. Uh, Who you know, scored the other one? <laughs> I don't know, tell me. <laughs> no, yeah, day, days like that come around once in a while so that you know we went to Anfield it were going, uh, Liverpool were going well we beat them 3-1 up there so uh, probably put me on a so I would have to say I would say the Man United game but there's tons I was fortunate and privileged to play in many great games for QPR you know uh, and I still say um, certainly under the lights when it's packed and those fans are willing you on it's the best place to play and that's what people at the club are striving to get back to uh, I'm delighted to be back there and playing my part fans have got a massive part moving forward and um, I have to go into the end of this season but looking forward to next season with optimism uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can do I'll say this better than what we've done last year but there's been reasons for that and I think we've we've actually done okay but I'd like to see us doing better my favourite game, by the way, Andy. I know you're not really interested. No one else is either, but it doesn't matter. It's all right. Well, we'll cut it out. Sorry. Do you remember the game against Spurs? We beat them 4-1. And it was put yep. on the Channel 4 programme, the Michael Nyman music. Yep. Yep. That was total football, that game. That was just amazing. Because Spurs were no mugs. And we absolutely ripped them a new one, didn't we? No, we... Uh, that's, that's one game that does stick out. You know, 4-1 is... You know, we beat Leeds, who won the... Mm. I think it was the Premier League last year. We beat them four at home. We beat Man City. Beat Man no, in the space City of four days, we beat Man City four 0 and Leeds four 0 Did we score five at Everton? You know, we scored five at Everton as well, didn't we? Scored five away at Everton. You know, I think three three years in a row. People got hat tricks. I got one. Les got one. Bradley Allen got one. You know, there's some amazing games to be involved with QPR and as a fan. You know, and uh, we just need to get back to get back to them. You know, uh, but. That might take a little bit of time when you mention the Man United and the Tottenham's and the Liverpool's or whatever. But um, as I say, let's see where we can go next year. Keep up the support and uh, we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, and as you said, we hope we'll win the league. Thanks. And just beat Fulham <laughs> twice. We've got to beat yeah. Fulham for God's sakes. Sorry. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for coming on. Always good to hear from Absolute you. Absolute pleasure. All right. Thanks, Thanks Andy. Take care. Good hope man. to see you soon. Take care. Cheers, Bye-bye. Bye. Um. Okay, great interview, that. He's a lovely uh, fella. He's a lovely I, fella. You have to say, he did the Tiger Cup walk last year, and um, he'll talk to anyone for ages, and I, I apologise, he's not on the phone now, but I apologise for bending his ear for absolute too long. The, the one thing I found a bit concerning was he said there's obviously going to be a big turnover of players in the summer. Well, that's obvious. Why? Because... Why? Okay, there are some players that need moving on, but it, does that qualify... It's the players you named, but does that qualify as... A big turnover of players. The core eleven we've got are broadly going to stay the same. Okay, we need a couple. We need full, good fullback or two and central defender. And okay, fullbacks, central defender. And, and but that also suggests that most wings. of them are going to go. Midfielder. Do you yeah. really believe that? Do you really believe that there needs to be a big turnover of the team that we've already got, or a couple of additions? Is it? Are there lots of players that need to leave? Because that's what big turnover means to me. I think we've got. How many is it out of contract? Is it nine in the summer? Yeah, pretty much. Nine in, we've got nine out of contract. Move four on, who should have gone last summer, in for Kulka, Sandro, Okay, Phillips. but I'm not, I'm not necessarily not talking obvious. about those. I'm talking about the players we've seen in front of us for the last they, sort of... No, we just need to add. Six, eight weeks or whatever. To, to yeah. Yeah. If, to if you looked at the QPR squad now, you'd probably say that Ned needs to improve. He's a better player than what he's showing. Whether that means he will leave right. or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Hall 
is absolutely fine the way he is, but he needs to play with someone of the calibre of Clint Hill who's going to bring him on. Yeah, we need to find a younger Clint yeah. Hill for me. Um, we need full, to go shopping. Full backs. We, Perch might do a job with a different bit of confidence. He might be a confidence player, I don't know. But um, maybe some of the young lads. We also need to look at um, bringing someone in right back. Centre midfielder. And with, I, I can't, I, I get hammered for saying this, but I don't believe you can score enough goals with one up front in this league to get out of it unless you have a very special goal scoring midfielder like Adele or someone yeah, behind you. So you need. Just gonna, yeah. so but but we, don't we have that in Cherry? He's got double figures yeah. this season. What we yeah. Need. yeah, okay. But, he's, but you need to play. We need more. We need yeah, we need more. But out of that starting 11, how many no, are going to no, go? Say, anyway. No, I'll tell you. Stability. I think we need yeah. stability with additions, yeah. not but big turnover. QPR, we see always, oh, for the last five or six years, I've seen every transfer window as a new era, a new dawn, a new building block. And we've got to well, stop that's that. what I'm scared yeah, of no. with what you said. All right, should we talk about these agents' fees quickly? Because mm. we, we're, we're running way over. Sorry. That's me rabbing on. Should we talk about these agents' fees? Yeah, well, what can you say about them? We, we've we spent more than Leicester. Again. And more, three times more than Burnley. Again. It needs to be addressed. We, we we should really judge it on next year when they've had another year to consolidate and get it right. But what what annoys me is season tickets keep going up. Um, all right, they came down because we came down from Premiership. But, you know, in reality, we pay a lot of money. And... Um, it's sad to see that the club is still paying such huge money to agents. Well, in the, the club's defence is that you need to take into account um, most of these deals were done in the Premier League and the agents were paid over three or four years. Well, no, these, these, these deals were done from last year, from 2015. No, no, no. The, the payments, so agents get paid over four years. So some of these payments are being made for deals that were done in 2012. I thought the only, I thought the only historic one was Adele. No. It's, no, you've got the okay. you've got the ones that. However, do you know how many Premier League teams paid less agent paid less in agents fees than us? Seven. So you can only sort of stretch the credibility of that excuse so far. Mm. They are still appear to be wildly overpaying for this kind of thing, much more than everyone else, making us a laughing stock. And but. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. But then you I don't can, even know what to say anymore. Like, but then you got also got you got the you got, you got what worries me. The agents' fees are bad, right? And hopefully that will be sorted. Um, and that has been publicised. The club have had the answer. They've had to take it on board. Hopefully the the penny will drop. But more importantly, it's the deals we've done as well. Like a player plays a certain amount of games, he gets another contract. Yeah, that's insanity. No one in their right mind would have done them deals. As the chief said, I don't think Lee Hughes would do that for sure. But I guess you're all right. It's historic. Phil Beard was a complete disaster as a CEO, as far as I'm concerned. But them them deals were just beyond stupid because you you sign a player for three years, they do the best, and you have to stop playing them at a certain point because you have to give another contract. That's ridiculous. Or you sign somebody up for a new contract and they don't actually put a hoop shirt on again. Traore. Hmm. There always seems to be an excuse, but actually, if you want to run the club in the right way, just run them in the right way. Don't, don't, don't come top of the agents' fees league. Don't pay more in agents' fees than seven teams in the Premier League. Right. I'm just thinking what that money could have been better spent on. On and um, yeah. Well, I tell you what, could have been better spent on. And let me do a very bad segue into the R's end. I will start because my R's end is thanking Jonathan Barker. Do you know why? No. Nope. Because he paid for our beers tonight. 
Eh? You paid for our beers. There's, I think, I think there's like a little button on the website or something, where or in the PayPal where you can pay for our beers. It's a, a donation, a small donation to pay for our drinking money, and that's what he's done through our website. So thank you very much, Jonathan Barker. Thank you, Jonathan. I can't even think how I got there. I, I didn't even end. know this existed. I drink lots of cider. Um, it's most welcome. Um, okay. you, no, he was very kind. He was kind enough to give us a donation through our PayPal, which goes to the running costs and occasionally the odd can for the running of the podcast. And we thank him very much for doing that for tonight let me do my other R's end which is to remind everybody about the live podcast next Thursday night go on to qprpod.co.uk and buy your ticket however we also have uh, as well as the podcast we also have a partnership with Art of Football the the t-shirt guys who've done this fantastic um, image of Stan Bowles um, made up into a t-shirt if you buy that through us £5 from each sale goes to the collection for Stan Bowles you can do it on our website, and there's also a deal to um, get a discount if you buy a T-shirt and a ticket for the live pod together. Go onto our website for more details. That's my R's end. Go cool. on, Russ. Oh, hello. Russ, you go first. My R's end. Let's just all try and be nice for the end of the season. There's two games left. Let's turn up against Burnley. Let's not give it easy to Burnley. Give Borough a chance. And last home game of the season, let's have fun. Let's enjoy it. Can't remember the last time. Last time I've enjoyed the last game, apart from the playoff final, but the last time we enjoyed the last home game of the season. It's been too long. Okay, fair point. My eyes end the, the show. Um, it, it's quite simple. I find the arguments on Twitter ridiculous. I know I start half of them, and I'm ridiculous. Don't be as ridiculous as Paul. Don't argue. <laughs> Are you talking about anything in particular? Just everything I say, a certain person jumps on, like, if, within five seconds, and I just don't know why they're doing that. But never mind. I seem to have two trolls now, rather than just one. Which is well, fine. No need to show off. I know. I've... It's, it's kind of like, I'm not <laughs> worth trolling. I drive a van, for Christ's sake. You're I'm an definitely idiot. not worth trolling. Thank but you, you very much. you do rise to it, so you make it worthwhile yeah. for everyone. I have, I have the... Yeah. I, don't, I don't actually know if I rise to it, or I just question people's sanity and why the hell they want to debate with me. Uh, on some you rise to it. But we love you for it, Paul. You've never loved me, David. If you did, I'd leave the country. And another thing I will say is, you're right, Russ. Burnley and Sat- Nick, no, Monday, sorry, and Bristol City, just to make the Bristol City game a party, have a bit of atmosphere at the place, and um, renew your season tickets and get back next season and make sure the place is rocking because we badly need some good atmosphere yeah. down there. Okay, we're not back next Monday. We're not back next Monday for several reasons, not least that we're playing on that day. And also, our podcast next week is on Thursday. Um, get down to the good ship. We'd love to see you there. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Ross, for coming in. Thanks for having uh, me. Paul, thank you very much. Go I'll see you next Thursday for being my esteemed colleague and co-podcaster. Oh, that's very nice. I've been promoted again. <laughs> He's blushing. <laughs> thank you for listening. See you next week. The world's most popular QPR podcast, that's us, will be holding its traditional end-of-season party in front of a live audience on May the 5th at the good ship Kilburn. The first two names confirmed are fans' favourite Lee Cook and QPR CEO Lee Hoos, meaning we can amuse ourselves by calling the evening Cook Who's Talking. Please join us. Tickets are a tenner and can be purchased via qprpod.co.uk.